Hi there, welcome to 442 FM from Kazan in Russia. And I've actually got some people to speak to. My name's Kevin Ayers. We've got um, John Davidson. Hello, Kevin. Flying in from England. And we've got Climate Tito flying in from Australia. Melbourne. That is part of Australia. <laughs> Definitely part of Australia. Self-proclaimed sporting capital of Australia. And we're in the self-proclaimed sporting capital of Russia, so... And we, we are here to bring you a bit of 442 FM on the Socceroos, uh, both in their game against, from the game against Hungary and from a uh, frustrating session, which we've just been to. Uh, immediate reactions to the game on Saturday night. Who shone and who, uh, who failed to shine? Well, I think it was quite a disappointing 90 minutes in general. I think uh, obviously Daniel Rosani was the talking point, wasn't he? Um, scored probably the most fortunate first goal for his country that he'd ever see. Uh, but apart from that, he great impression, taking players on and setting up uh, a second goal. But I mean, you know, there was a huge element of fortune in it in the yes. goalkeeper howler. But at the end of the day, if you run at a spe- uh, at your defence, exactly, uh, and you take the shot, you back yourself. Yeah, that's, that can that, happen. That, that's the yeah. way things happen sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if we don't take shots like that, we're not going to get goals. Yeah. And that's why we've got players with lots of caps and very few goals because we don't take those opportunities Azani is one of those players who has that confidence doesn't he, he'll shoot, he'll take players on he doesn't care, he's got no fear which as an Australian footballer you don't see that often which considering other sports you see a lot of it but for some reason football we don't seem to have a lot of it Yeah, I mean it's just so so refreshing to see What about you Clement, who did you uh, think impressed you most? Well what I've loved about what's come up from there's a little bit of scepticism about Arzani and now it feels like there's been a bit of a sort of a shift in attitudes a bit of a bandwagon going on so um, I think Massimo Longo alluded it alluded towards it today uh, just how exciting you know this young prospect is and how he said you know it kind of reminded him of himself so he's been I, on that bandwagon <laughs> yeah. three years ago hasn't yeah. he so he knows all about it yeah, but, yeah he's uh, been through I, his own roller coaster as well of course because yeah. I mean, he mm. was the hottest property in 2015 especially after the Asian Cup then had a complete trough career-wise after that for a couple of years and then bounced back with the season of his life. Uh, and, you know, he's moved deeper into, uh, into the midfield. Uh, he's kind of reinvented himself, whereas Arzani is very much uh, up front and attacking midfielder, a, a winger striker. It's fair to say Longo is the most informed player going through this tournament as well, despite taking out those last yeah, three I matches think, I think we've got a few I mean I yeah. think yeah Luongo's well, had his best uh, season like, a QR, but no but I think Matty Ryan's had a fantastic season mm. I mean he won the, the Brighton Supporters Player of the Year kept them up uh, Aaron Moy I think has had a fantastic mm. season at Huddersfield I mean keeping them up and arguably their best player or in the top three of their club um, he went off the boil after Christmas during the middle period yeah he, had, he did have a bit of a lull but um, I mean it's his first season in the Premier League and he's played something like um 80 or 90 matches in two seasons compared with about 40 in the A-League yeah. previously before so the massive jump in workload and standard to cope with that and um, there's still people in England that I know who are, who are raving about him and saying he should be playing for England even though he's Australian <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's been going on for months hasn't it on yeah. I think oh, they get confused between him and John Churchill that's a time for another tale it goes back to the uh, Marco Rojas never getting a Socceroos call up and the Australians <laughs> getting upset about that I'll never forget <laughs> Journalist rocking up to a Melbourne Victory press conference asking if we could claim Rojas as Australian. I thought that was a bit, bit of a strange question to ask. <laughs> I think you were talking before about the, the scepticism and then the, the bandwagon of Arzani. It's something that 
in uh, football that we do, don't we? We're always looking for the next Harry Kuehl, the next Viduka, It's kind of an Aussie thing Tommy. at the same time. It, well, it is, but I think in football, because we, we have so few, few technically gifted players, that we're always looking for that next big thing to try and build up as well. I, I think the thing about these kind of players, though, is they excite people. They, you do, know, they do. And they, they yeah. reach out beyond the hardcore football fans, and they get yeah. know, non-football fans involved Very true. Uh, and engaged. And, you know, we, we love to see players like that because they lift our game to the next level and they bring mm. more people in. Uh, yeah, and Arzani is just ideal for that, I think. Um, as, in terms of bad games, Brad Jones, will we ever see him in a Socceroos kit again? I just, um, I know he's had a very good season in, uh, I think, with Feyenoord, wasn't it, in uh, in Holland, and obviously, would, would, well, all his coaching staff are Dutch, so he'd have a lot of scouts and people in Holland. Um, but just his, you know, his performances, particularly previously at Liverpool and under the big stages, he does have a tendency to make errors, and I just can't see how Matt, Matt Ryan won't play all at least all three games. Yeah, you would think it has, yeah. to, be, it has a, to be Ryan. Surely, can't do it. I think he deserves it. Twelve years ago, and bring. Jelko Kalach in for final game. It's got to be a shoe, and you would think it's got to be Maddie every game if he's fully fit, which he is. So that's a given. And if if it's not Matty Ryan, if he gets injured, I think Vukovic is probably going to be uh, the one about to step into the boots instead of Jones after that performance. I think I think Vuka would be number two ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. He's not obviously not first choice. What a story that is, Vuka. I never thought he'd hit a World Cup. I I just can't believe it. Like. Looking back to, obviously, he had different things on his mind. Was that Melbourne victory? But it's looking how far he's come since then, winning a championship with Sydney FC, and as absolutely well, Mel- blitzing. Melbourne it. victory, Perth glory, yeah. the Mariners. Uh, he's nearly been at every Ailey <laughs> club, hasn't he? It's true. I yeah. remember him pushing the uh, the ref back in two thousand and eight uh, yeah. against the Jets, and you know how his career has come full circle. And yeah, I mean, I think you know that really got hindered his career badly you know as well as not going to the Olympics he was spurned by the national team setup for so many years uh, he got called into a few camps but never you know made a final squad and as a result he never got the overseas opportunities perhaps that he deserved yeah. because he wasn't getting those national call-ups and therefore everybody just thinks he's a dud obviously yeah. if his own country doesn't race him uh, so I'm, I'm really pleased to see him finally hitting the heights that he deserves to albeit very late in life now well, it's a goal, goalkeeping, isn't it? It's a perfect position. You like a fine wine. You get better with age. That's the Zeno's off style yep. thing, and you know you hit you hit your peak like a Schwarzer as well. Yeah, um, just as long as he stays away from the Chico Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit concerned actually because at the training ground we were actually right in a cafe at the moment. You can probably hear some background noise, but we're in a cafe, an outdoor cafe, right next to the training ground. And uh, just up the pathway from us, there is a series of pop-up stalls of fairy floss, Chico rolls, everything that Vukovic probably would love happy, happily live off. So what do we all? Just make sure the coaching staff doesn't let him out the front door. Just keep him out, keep him in going straight into the bus. I was going to say, John, why don't you let the viewers know what you're eating there? When in, uh, red in Russia? Listeners. It's a, it's a delightful chicken Apologies, shash- Kevin. It's a delightful chicken shashlik. Uh, yeah, just enjoying some local cuisine. Yes, we've... Uh, Highly recommended if you are travelling to, to Russia. It's absolutely wonderful. Just spent the day with the uh, Socceroos at the, the training base. It's their first full day in Kazan. Uh, and we uh, had a media briefing with some of the players at lunchtime. 
and then they had a training session later in the afternoon which they invited thousands of locals in uh, through very, very tight security. Uh, what did we learn from the, the media brief- briefings and the, the press conference, do you think? I think, uh, firstly, Massimo Longo is doing a great media property. He really... Uh, he's very well spoken these days, very, isn't he? He's very well spoken. He, uh, he says what he thinks. He doesn't hold back. Uh, he talks with authority and he's very, he's very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I can see why uh, the Socceroos would put him up regularly because I think he's one of their, their best talkers. Uh, to be honest, uh, with no disrespect, there's not necessarily a huge amount of great talkers no, in the no. team, but you know the likes of him and, and Jackson Irvine, I think... Uh, uh, really articulate and, uh, and great to listen to. Got a lot to say for themselves. What I was going to say exactly about Mass is that what what it says to me is that he's not intimidated by the opposition. The fact that he's so open about talking tactics and you know individual players, such as what he t- said about Paul Pogba as well. I mean, what did he say about Pogba? Pogba? Uh, maybe he's uh, not doing enough for what he earns. So I thought that was really interesting because you know you'd, it's not necessarily the most diplomatic thing to say. But he also paid a lot of respect to him as well. But, you know, when you have off-the-record um, chats with players, and I'm sure both of you have had this experience, you know, they say, look, I really wasn't thinking that when I said this at the time. I just said it so I wouldn't get in trouble or wouldn't you know, cause up cause a fuss. So no, I just think it just, it it just shows re- that Mass doesn't have much fear. It's refreshing to, to have yeah. a player who's willing to speak out and uh, say eloquently and uh, concisely. Um, in terms of what they were actually saying beyond that, though, they don't seem short of confidence at the moment. No, no, not at all. I think uh, you know the message, particularly from Matt Ryan earlier, was uh, the two victories. Although the Hunger Game wasn't a great performance, but two victories gives them a good boost against op- uh, European opposition in Europe ahead of playing another European country in France. And um, it is a different dynamic, I think, coming compared with Brazil from four years ago. Yeah. Um, Sainsbury as well, who is... He didn't uh, have that much to say, I thought. He didn't have that much to say, but I thought it was really interesting that he was... He was happy to take the captain's armband and run with it today. There wasn't... He was, you know, he was focused on the fact that this was a dream come true. Uh, But he wasn't being deferential or saying that... Hinting at any temporariness to it. No, no. I kind of got the feeling that this, this is the future uh, and I think Jednak could be struggling not only to be retain captaincy but get game time yeah there was definitely when he was asked that question it was a straight bat wasn't it and there was no well you know if I, if I get the, the captain's armband oh, it'll be an honour or a privilege and I'll but I won't change my approach to how I yeah, you know, no. play the game and um, yeah it's it was just a case of this is what I've always dreamed of this yeah. this is what I've always yeah. dreamed of and not I, that was I think he's a fantastic story obviously he would have gone to the last World Cup but for that freak sprinkling <laughs> injury um, while playing got, in Holland gotta love a, a freak injury yeah, sprinklers on uh, football pitches um, <laughs> in a place like Holland. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? But then he's sort of been around. He's been to China and he's been to uh, Milan and Switzerland. And, yeah, he's really established himself as, as the best defender that the soccerers have. So, uh, fingers crossed he stays fit for these three games because I think if, if he did pick up an injury, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Clement, what was your uh, favourite moment? What was the, your big takeaway from the, the press conferences? Uh, exactly what we touched on before about Massimo Longo, the fact that uh, the Socceroos looked very, very poised and confident, or at least that's the message that he was trying to get across, that you know, we're not intimidated by France. And he was pretty open about, you know, open to playing counter-attacking football. And that, 
you know, it's sort of like it was a bit sort of at times he was contradicting himself, saying, you know, it's a team game, but at times maybe not necessarily a team game when guys like Pogba and Griezmann are coming at you and it's a one-on-one contest. So I just thought it was really interesting there. I, I, think, I, re- I really enjoyed what he had to say. Yeah, to I mean, it, although it was mixed messages, what I thought he was trying to get across was the fact that there is a... Uh, Certainly trying to and portray it as a, a great team unity. Yeah, yes. within confident the in each other. Yeah. yeah. Trusting uh, each other. You know, they're, they're aware that they're probably greater than the sum of their individual parts because of that unity, whereas the, the French are more individual players uh, without that well, all, sense of you know, rock stars. teamness. Yeah. And you'd have to say probably 70% of that team has been there for quite a long while. Obviously, we've had Andrew Arzani, Andrew Nabu, Petrados. Um, Vuka uh, more recently, but yeah, um, his name. I, I was trying to uh, forget that you've put me off, but uh, Matt Yerman has sort of come in more recently. But apart from that, you know, your Robbie Cruises, your Leckies, your Ednacks, your Cahills, your Ryans, uh, Bayage, they've all been around for numerous years. Moy, Irvine, so they do know how they operate, unlike Brazil, when it literally was a team pasted together in 12 months or less yeah. than that. Yeah. Yeah, you Very know, true. with your Jason Davidsons and, and yeah, the like. I mean, in hindsight, that Brazil team was quite a hodgepodge of yeah, yeah. about three quarters of rookies and Collins. Uh, well, it's debutants. interesting to look at what they've done since, isn't it? The last four years. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What Andrew's done. <laughs> Yeah, well, Andrew's basically, <laughs> he built a new team and then broke that team down and built another team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gone through two teams at least. Yeah, in that whether time. that was by necessity or accident, uh, I guess we, we, you know, we don't know. But I, th- I think the uh, the Brazil squad was very much a hope and hit. To be honest, yeah, uh, there was a few players that he hoped were going to develop and stand up. Uh, but yeah, at least half of them didn't. Well, Ma- Matthew Sparanovic is the is the obvious one. I mean, yeah. the player of a lot of talent you know huge potential but just I don't even know what, what he's doing now somewhere in Victoria he appears he's to almost re- semi-retired appears to have yeah. retired at 28 at 28 yeah heard whispers and you know, there's no real substance to this that he could be on his way to Melbourne victory but well you'd be mad if you're an A-League club not to sign someone yeah. of, Look, he, you know he's, yeah. he's, who was almost well, signed for his, Brendan Rogers at Liverpool parents, a couple of years ago well at yeah. least his father lives in Melbourne his sister plays for he's Melbourne from Geelong victory. isn't he yeah he's a long boy yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he, he was undoubtedly a talent uh, when he was on on form. Yeah. Um, but he, he's he been a long time between drinks now. I mean, it was yeah. 2017 he last he played. He could have played for Liverpool really? a couple Probably, of years yeah. ago. Yeah, that's just crazy when you think about where his career was and what he's done in the past. I yeah. Mean, it does happen, though. Maybe he just doesn't have the passion or the determination to play anymore. This is a big thing to say, but I think a little bit of sort of the money you'd get in China would be... Pretty intoxicating for him as well. But he's not playing in China. He's not yeah, playing I mean, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he was there though. Yeah, yeah I mean, he had opportunities you, can, to go around. If you look at Trent Sainsbury, he, he went to China. Yeah. Earned a lot of money. He's playing in Switzerland. In, he'll and be, Italy, yeah. I'd say he'll be best better to be playing in Germany and Italy. Mm. If he has a good World Cup in, in a few months, I mean, it hasn't dulled his, you know, determination or, or passion for his career. So, yeah, it's an, it's an odd one. Um, so, out of the squad that we've got, at the moment who's going to be the Ben Halloran <laughs> jeez that's a good oh, well I think um, I mean barring barring injury it, it doesn't say, I, I'd be surprised if James Meredith gets a, a look in left back I think as, as is Bayich has played particularly well for 
12 months or more I reckon he's he's locked in for that yeah, position to I, be honest I was at the games in Oslo and uh, and against Colombia and London and he was he was one of our best uh, for um, you know both those games and I think he's he's had a fantastic season in Turkey so although James Meredith has had a great season at Millwall in the championship um, I can't really see him getting unseated yeah, it there. seems unfortunate um, that he isn't going to get looking because I think he's probably got something to offer but yeah definitely yeah, he's, he's going to have a bit of bench time um, right back position I still think we've got a bit of a problem there to be honest Risen had a bad night in Hungary uh, it could just be that it was a bad night and he's going to come good again but we don't have too Hungary's many options Hungary's not a there. very strong opposition though no. and it's not a game you can afford to be sleeping up in I well, mean, we've got someone yeah, like Mark but, uh, I, I, having said that Hungary played well yeah, uh, from most of it and uh, they capitalised on that weakness down the, that flank we don't have another right back, do we? Well, no. Millsy can play right back. Millsy can play right back. Can play right back. Can play central defence and he can, he can play, play midfield. Mid, yeah, defensive midfield. But he only really wants to play central midfield and he'll be playing Which is defense. fair enough because yeah. that's his best position. So. Uh, Not and, according to Bert. Yeah. Well, that's obviously my opinion. Dijanic as well. Just, yeah, yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah, Degenak obviously is the backup right back. We've got a few back. that can play right back, but prefer not to. Yeah, which is, which not, is a, not a really no, ideal. No, and, and, and it, it amazes me that we can't find a single player that and, is a dedicated right back beyond yeah. just Josh and to Rizzo. go to go from playing in the A League and coming against up against Wellington and the Mariners to to playing against. Uh, Players who, who play in uh, La Liga what, and the Premier League—it's a big jump up in class for him. You think? What, what are you trying to say about the Phoenix and the Mariners, John? The great teams, yeah. <laughs> all class. Um, no, I, I, Risen is an interesting one because I think he's been a, a hasn't had the best season in the A League this last season, but for Perth and, and before that, Western Sydney, he has been arguably the best right back in the comp. But I think it's a great opportunity for him. I mean, yeah. I think if he hadn't had this Socceroos call up, he would have been yet another. A-League journeyman uh, right back who'd probably just go you hit the do, nail on the do head, two yeah. years go to another club do two well, I think years the lack go, of, go to another he club. doesn't have a European passport so exactly I think he was going to go to Belgium but yeah, yeah he just so, you know, yeah. so this way if he shines here he could end up you know exactly getting that Premier League mm. maybe not Premier League but uh, European move certainly European yeah. move uh, and from that point on God knows where he could go getting daily intense guidance and coaching uh, could lift him up to a whole new level. Yeah, or could, could end up like Tommy Orr. <laughs> like who? Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's that's right back is definitely an issue because um, I think he played quite well against Colombia and and against the Czechs. Yep. But then struggled against Hungary. So yeah. it's that consistency I, in. To be honest, short I, I do time. think it was probably just a bad night at the office for him. Um, and he he can raise his game for France. But geez, we the thing about France is we're just not going to have any opportunity for weakness. No, the slightest gap, the slightest glimpse of glimpse of daylight we give them, they're just going to take it and run with it and destroy um, us. If you, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the bookies have this, and if you look purely on paper and the, the quality that's in their squad, it really shouldn't be a match at all, should it? You know, no, being blatantly no. honest, but they don't. They do struggle often to start tournaments well. Um, yeah. We'll come back to that later in the week when we're previewing the, yep. the, the game itself. But um, the dynamic on the field today at the training session, did you spot anything going on in there? Well, I had a burden to pick with you about 
what you uh, picked up on between Aaron Moy well, and Daniel Azania would appear to be picked up on. Uh, was it uncharacteristically done by Aaron Moy? Oh, right. I thought pretty... you were about to argue with me about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. Oh, I didn't see it, so I wanted to ask no, you about no, it. No, he yeah. was... Um, I didn't... There yeah. was just seemed to be some tackle or contact or pass... Uh, Arzani didn't make an interception or did make an interception and Moy got the blame for it and ended up having to go in the centre and he was not happy <laughs> I mean seriously not happy shouting abuse at Arzani who was kind of like a code schoolboy mainly because he is a code schoolboy um, youngest player at this World Cup in the yes, 32 nations incredible, amazing incredible um, but yeah that, that was an interesting dynamic to see uh, the other one was um, Tim Cahill uh, when they were playing the uh, the uh, the match with the two, they've got the two skin colours, the two yep. vest colours, and then they've got the two flyers in, in green who can play for either side. Uh, he was supposed to go to the green and just walked away. He literally just didn't want to bar off it. I don't know if it was because he was running around. He did look like he was taking a few big deep ones. Uh, well, he has played a lot, Kevin, in the last six well, this months. Is it. You know. and I think, that I think was, I've been playing five aside more than he's been playing for Millwall. I think but. I've probably played more. <laughs> and I don't play football. Yeah. <laughs> Neither does he much. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, he was just he just walked away. Steady I'll, face. I'll put it out there. I don't, I'll be very surprised if he gets much game time this World Cup. I, if he plays more than... 20 minutes. I think Kevin's about three to disagree. Games, yeah. no, 30 no. minutes, I'll be, I'll be stunned. No, I think I think probably a th- 30 minutes in total for the yeah. group stage. Ten yeah. mi- last 10 minutes of game, just yeah. to try and change something. Interestingly, though, when Cahill walked away from that green jersey, mm-hmm. eventually the man who stepped up was Jednak. Nothing to do with it, but to say peacemaker, yeah, leadership, yeah. Uh, Captain. and just, yeah, yeah. yeah. He took it and he ran with it. Uh, so yeah, it's just possibly meaningless, but also possibly insightful, or possibly just something that happens on a football field. I thought it was also interesting. The um, would you say it was a three thousand fans? I actually, I had my suspicions it was going to be nothing like that, but in the end, I think it probably was. To be honest, yeah, we were obviously in in Brazil four years ago in Vitoria, which was not a host city, and the soccer is trained in front of. 30 media and no one else, no Brazilians, every day for a few weeks, except for the one day where they bust in a few, well, there was couple the, of hundred yeah, uh, there was green the, and gold army fans. No, there was the the, the very first day. Yes. Uh, yeah. The Brazilians, locals, did turn up in the same way. They did mm. the same thing, basically. I've meet and greet with the locals, try and get everybody onto the right foot to begin the campaign. Uh, and Bailey Wright um, became a cult superstar amongst them. There was a, we want your shirt to please Bailey Wright. That group, happens wherever he goes. Which was just Preston, really quite Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there was a, there was about two or 3,000 there, and there was some um, young Aboriginal kids as well that uh, John Moriarty had brought over. Uh, but we didn't have anything like that this time, although there was a didgeridoo handover, apparently. I didn't I didn't actually see oh, that, I did saw you? That. Yeah, yeah. What, what was going on there? I was just handed to one of a Russian official. I wasn't able to catch who it was, but I thought it was... I had a couple of Russian journalists asking, what is that instrument? And I had to spell it out to them. Did you do a little demonstration? I did not. They actually asked me if I played. Your best treaty by uh, <laughs> Yothi Indy. Uncanny uh, a mob? But no. <laughs> I just said I had no musical talent as a get out of jail free card. So. Well, it's also get out. Of, it's also 100 factual. So. Who from the Australians did the presentation? Uh, it was uh, 
player or official? It was an official. Oh, right. The name okay. escapes me now. Uh, he's a former. He used to play football professionally. What uh, was what? What I found amusing was the um, the Australian media teaching the local fans to chant, s- chant Aussie, 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 Aussie. <laughs> I, I may have played a part in that. Yes, I believe you did. I believe this video footage, and you will be punished on your return to uh, Sydney. Felt important to do. Enjoy. But it. no, it was a good. It was a good atmosphere. It did, was actually. Yeah, 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 actually, they, it they, really created the buzz. They yeah. they really got into it. Uh, yeah. the fact that we're all getting free flags. Obviously, yeah, there was a lot of, lot of green and gold, wasn't there? Yeah, so. it was great. I just remembered who handed the jury there. I was uh, Luke Cassidy. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. Head of high performance. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and delegation, I believe. Could well be. Who knows? <laughs> well, I thought I was informed of. Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, well, I was just say, well, I was amazed by the amount of sort of passion they showed today. There's, yeah. No, I, mean, I could not find one person actually from Australia. Well, there was... Well, I've got I've got a picture actually yeah. when they did the um, the staged uh, picture at the end with the fans the right behind. Yeah, uh, there was a, a couple of Australian-looking fans with a big Australian flag, Australian-looking, right in the middle of that pack. So I think there was at least two Australians yeah. there potentially, or they might be FFA officials. But, who knows? <laughs> well, I suppose we are five days. There. We're five days away from the first game. If you're an Australian fan here already, I suppose you're... You're keen. Yes, you're a little bit too keen. Well, how Dip much money together. do you have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're, what, three days out of uh, ahead of um, Russia, Saudi Arabia in... Do you think it's in Moscow? I think it's game? Moscow. Yeah, yeah first obviously. Game. A little uh, way away from here, so, You have yeah. to wonder why it was so early. I mean, it must be a security issue. Like, I'm, What's so I'm, early? Uh, having an open training session. They have it as the first day of the training okay. session every time. It's what they did in Brazil. Ah, it's, uh, a, lo- it's a lovely facility, just, isn't it? It is. It's great. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, hockey the, ground. Uh, it's a lot better than ice hockey ground. Be, to be honest. Ice yeah. hockey. Yeah, ice hockey. Yeah. Uh, it's thought out. Not much, though, <laughs> has to be said, because we are sitting outside and freezing at the moment. <laughs> Although the music's died finally. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a good facility. It's a bit of a rabbit warren. Uh, you, me, and Louis got locked in at one stage. <laughs> yes, started to panic slightly, and the security is more intense than anything the airport we've ever or, seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get patted down uh, on entry very nicely <laughs> by, by, by a man, not by a woman, unfortunately. But um, very yeah. intimately. Yes, yes. Uh, I have to buy that man a drink. I'm going to meet the family at the weekend, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we're planning a white wedding. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> they, they don't muck around here. I've, no. I've learned quickly in no. Russia, um, but they're. Yeah. A lot of the locals are very lovely at the same oh, time. Oh, very, yeah. very friendly people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a different vibe, I think, to this yeah. World Cup, which you would get in any any country. I think it's the appeal of this World Cup as well. I mean, there's been a little bit of negativity, or well, a little. I'm trying to make it a bit of an understatement, but the fact that it's here, and the controversy around it being here. I think. I think Kazan as, as a venue itself, though, is probably just totally different class from the, possibly even all the rest of mm. uh, yeah. Russia, because uh, it's this. Muslim community background. It's the the capital of Tatarstan. Uh, Lovely river just, running through it. It's named after something a wizard would say. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, and there's so much beautiful architecture, blues and golds and turquoise. Uh, it's a really nice melting, cultural melting yeah. point for a country that you imagine is going to be monoethnic, monocultural. It doesn't help though that hardly anyone speaks no English. No, no, we've definitely found that in our in our <laughs> travels today, haven't we? In hotels and yeah, taxis, hotel, and, but also you, you talk about the friendliness. 
Kevin, you left your, your sunglasses in a taxi and oh, the guy yeah. came and returned it. That, yeah. Random, uh, random taxi that we got from yeah. a cafe. Stopped off briefly at my hotel to pick up uh, my gear. Came back out again, went up to the Kazan Arena. Came, got to Kazan Arena, realised I'd lost my sunnies. Was about to buy a new set. Went back to the hotel a few hours later. Sunnies are there waiting for yeah. me. The guy had remembered where yeah, he dropped me off. And you just yeah. think of all the stereotypes you hear back home, and that mm. happens. It's just just then you put the other stereotype and come and got ripped off by a good uh, thousand rubles or so <laughs> on the taxi. So yeah, that's just it swings the roundabout. That's just that's cab just, drivers. Just yeah, cab drivers having been in the Confederations Cup last year and being ripped off by several cab drivers. I would agree that it's just cab drivers the world over. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Some are good, some are bad. Yeah, it's a the luck of the draw. Very, a lot of them are very good. Yeah, but if you're in Russia or coming to Russia, use Uber. Every single time. Yes. It's so cheap. Yes. What's your, I mean, Kazan, what's, what have you, what's your initial feelings of it? Honest initial feelings? Uh, getting into the taxi, I was like, oh, where, where am I right now? Like, <laughs> this is such a different world. Not in Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then this morning I had a knock on my door and it was Johnny, so we immediately walked over to Kevin's hotel and then like the uh, you managed to get a bit of experience with, it, with the city and then as soon as you showed us around, I was like, wow, this is a bloody amazing city. Oh, uh, just beautiful. The best of it yet. But, uh, first impressions were certainly misleading for me personally. Just, oh, it's, it's, it was a bit stereotypical in my head. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's kind of what I expected, but I was like, oh. <laughs> and then now it's just, wow. Yeah, amazing. Only just begun. Wait till you take you up to the Kremlin if a good chance tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. John, your initial... Yeah, I'd be in the same vein. I mean, having been to Russia last year, um, very mixed bag from St. Petersburg to Moscow, but I think um, Kazan's a lovely place. Been very impressed with it so far. I think Russia, coming from a you know an English-speaking country or a Western country, is a shock to the system. It's not the easiest country to travel or to get around, but... Uh, it's definitely worth it. I think this will be a really distinct and unique World Cup. I mean, for, for those Socceroo fans who've perhaps been to Germany or South Africa or Brazil, completely different, yeah. particularly those yeah. first two, probably more like Brazil, but completely different as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you, you just got to come with an open mind, and I think you'll be rewarded. Absolutely. You know, if anybody watched my hype video uh, from yeah, definitely, when I, first I would arrived, say watch it. It definitely helped me before I arrived. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was saying on there that I keep getting stopped. <laughs> Yeah. High security. I, and the opening to that video was lasted twenty seconds, <laughs> and it took me an hour to film, literally, because I kept getting stopped by police asking for my papers. But having said all that, despite the stereotype of the Russian police, and they are intrusive and they are, you know, very secure. It's just groups of the five of them walking the streets. It's everyday yeah. life, yeah. isn't it? Talking amongst themselves, yeah. but yeah. they're actually working very out. nice yeah. about it. Mm. And you know, I've had far more antagonistic experiences with. Australian cops. Oh, yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't talk about that. Yeah. Anything I've had here, yeah. they're thorough. Everybody's, mm. that, that's one thing I found about Russia is everybody is really thorough. They take the job seriously. Yes. They do it seriously. Yes. They do it all in triplicate. They, don't they write everything down. Any corners whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Every box is ticked. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's in its own way, it's quite refreshing to see <laughs> that. Um, but it, it can also be quite frustrating and as I, well. And I think, as you, as you mentioned, Russia is such a vast country with so many different cultures and it, Kazan mm. is completely different and Mos- Moscow is like a, a New York or a London or yeah. a Sydney and St. Petersburg is probably more like a Melbourne or a, <laughs> yeah. you know, a Paris uh, and this is completely yeah. completely different but 
yeah, people are very, and I think Kazan comparatively is a lot cheaper, oh, <laughs> yeah, particularly you know food and drink and, and and travel and those sort of things, which yeah. is a benefit for from those coming from Australia. I mean, again, it's it's a tribute to them that they haven't put the prices up no. for the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Apart unless the prices are about to go up for the next couple of days. <laughs> having or said accommodation, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, accommodation. From what I've seen, has been a bit steep, but. Well, uh, it's I, th- I think that, yeah, I think they they put the prices up for accommodation, but certainly food, drink, taxis, all exactly. The to same be fair, price. the A League Grand Final they raised plane prices for that, so yeah, we can't yeah. really say. But you'd have to think that Kazan's not really, even within Russia, is not really a big uh, tourist destination, does it? No, you know, it doesn't. And it deserves jump to be. Out. Uh, it is a lovely. Yeah, we're you, in a park here with kids playing around yep. and uh, fountains and that's a great yeah. backdrop if, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. can see it but obviously you can't uh, and the uh, the hotel that I'm in as well is the one I just moved into the beautiful location it's an old Tatar village area it's got original Tatar buildings and cafes and, oh it's just mm. it's amazing mm. <laughs> it's just it's so not what you would expect from Russia you know, the, it took me the, three days to find a piece of bleak concrete yeah. brutalism I, I find it amazing the stigma about Russia, particularly from people I've spent, oh, we're going to Russia, are you yeah. going to be safe? Yeah. And obviously, in the UK, they've had the poisoning scandal recently, and I think it's completely misplaced. I mean, obviously, there are, there are issues with Putin and, and governments yeah. or whatever, but if you're here as a tourist or as a fan, I don't mm. think you'll have any issues. That's it, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think... It's yeah, way above our, our heads. And I think there is a reason why everybody is so meticulous about, yes. you know, why yeah. they do things properly, yeah. because the consequences, if, if they don't, are quite serious. Yes. It is still an authoritarian state. Yes. But for what they've done for us as visitors and journalists... Yeah. <laughs> Security aside, it's actually mm. it's a very enjoyable country to and visit. As long as you don't mind being patted down every time yeah. and your genitals squeezed, you yeah. know, it's, it's all good. Yep. You love it, Johnny. You know, you've got to take the love where you can get it, Clement. As you get older, <laughs> you'll learn these things. Male, woman, dog, whatever happens. Yeah. So I think that's going to wind us up for this episode. We'll probably be back in a couple of days' time with uh, another update from Kazan. See which special guests we can line up uh, to join us. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Clement. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, John. Thank you. And we'll uh, be back in a couple of days' time. Take care and enjoy the football.